I'm Kurt Benkert, and this is Pocket Presence, powered by Sleeper. Oh, how the roles have been reversed. Welcome back to another episode of Pocket Presence, where we have our favorite human in the building, virtual building, Tom Grassi's here with us, me and Tyler. Tom, how are you today? I'm I'm good. I'm kicking COVID. So like this is the first day in about like a week and a half that I felt somewhat normal. So that's nice. Go. And uh, yeah, I'm just like, I, I miss working and talking about football, like going through that first Sunday and not having anything. And I'm just like, damn, okay. Like we're in it for the long haul now. Full withdrawals. Well, it means a lot to us that you decided to have your first coming out party of COVID with us. So you're here. I love that. That's it. Sweet. It's the only show you can do it. No doubt. Tyler, what are, you're a big fan of Tom, aren't you, Tyler? I mean, as a Green Bay Packer fan, I think you also have to be a fan of Tom Grassi. And so a little starstruck here. I think two of like two <laughs> online Packer legends are, are collabing for not the first time. I'm well aware, and I think we'll talk about that. But I'm looking forward to this one. I love it. I feel like uh, have you guys, you guys have seen Up before? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Tyler's like the little kid from up that's just like at the door, just like so happy just to be at the door. That's what I feel like. I'm, I'm getting those vibes <laughs> I mean, right now, I Tyler. love how you have to pick the most de- the movie with the most depressing first 10 minutes ever. Yeah, but, it I mean, better. there's some silver lining. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it, when, yeah, you, I mean, when you've yeah. seen the movie, that's a pretty redeeming character. Yeah. It's, I mean, you just, I, to, I, you just had to get through it. Yeah. And I know, Tom, you've been in this position, but when we were at the Super Bowl and Kurt was throwing me passes, like I had to, I mean, I, it, I was in that, that little kid's. Like I, I was in that moment where it was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is a former Green Bay Packer quarterback and I'm just catching back shoulder fades. Like I've grown up watching this kind of stuff and now I get to do like, Dude. you try not to take that for granted. It was, and it was so funny because like, that was the first time I met Kurt in person. Cause we had done a few shows before then, but it didn't even happen. Like while we were shooting it, it happened. Like Kurt got there, you know, we met and I think it was like, he took a bag out of the ball, which of course was like, had a Packers logo on it and tossed me the ball and i just like it was just like a you know not even not even a warm-up it was like oh here's the ball and i was like right i just caught a pass from a Packers <laughs> quarterback and it was legitimately like the inner eight-year-old in me was like this is the greatest mm-hmm. day of my life because this is stuff that you know you pretend to do in the backyard right of like catching you know back shoulder fades yeah. what have you and exactly. yeah it was uh that was a pretty damn cool moment i love that i had to keep I, reminding cool. my, it, yeah, I had to keep reminding myself that, like, uh, yeah, I couldn't actually play in the NFL, but Kurt was making it look so easy. He was like, okay, put your hands here, you know, run to this spot, and just it, the ball will the be ball there. And it was, I'm like, this doesn't seem this, this doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> I love that. Dude, when he, when Kurt told me about piss missiles mm. and was like, I'm going to throw them really hard. And I was like, okay, but like, I want you to throw as hard as you can. Like, I just want to try. And the first one where my wrist just bends back completely, like there's just no give whatsoever. I was like, oh, okay. This is like how actual professional athletes throw the football. And it was, uh, it was, uh, okay. Yeah, I got it. I caught one though. That's all I needed. So funny. I think it's, it's cool because like, I've, I feel like I've been through the whole life cycle of, I was a fan as a kid. Then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm actually kind of good at this sport that I'm a fan of. And then, oh, wait, I can go to college. Oh, wait, I'm going to make it in the NFL. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm here now. Like, I belong here. I was there for five years. And then now I'm on the backside of it. Like, I know what I'm talking about in media, but now I get to also experience it as a fan again. So it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's just cool to see your guys' perspective. And same for you, Tom. Like, you you belong. You know, like, it's not like 
like it all is very cool i think to all of us that are sure. in it but it's like you do belong but it's also still really cool because you were a fan before anything ever happened in media um mm. yeah well i think it's you know as you just continue to go on and like have these experiences and opportunities I feel like it's really easy, not even taking it for granted, but I feel like just to become kind of numb to it where it's kind of like, oh, this is the next thing. This is the mm -hmm. next thing. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. And especially even in the trip to Vegas, like there was a bunch of times where I had to stop myself and be like, this is not normal. Yeah. Like legitimately less than 10 years, nine years ago, like I was doing this in my basement, still in my basement, but like on a, a folding plastic table. And I remember the first time that a hundred people listened to my podcast. Yeah. Right. Like I remember that vividly. And like now I'm walking on the field at the Super Bowl. Like there, it happened within 10 years. And a lot of has happened in between that time. But it's like you said, you kind of have to have that, oh man, like this is something that's really cool and should be appreciated. And on the same time, just like take it all in because this is an experience that a decade ago I would have never had. Totally. I think it really like being able to take a moment and just like take a breath and be like, I deserve to be here. I belong here, but this is really freaking cool. And little like younger yeah. me would be so proud. And even though like I'm doing the media stuff now and like I decided not to like pursue the coaching side, like even just going to the fan experience and like being able to go in before the fans are allowed in and do my content yeah. and like make like all the fun stuff. I'm like, that as a kid is like what I loved. Like I loved playing the game, yeah. but I love making the videos and like that stuff was important to me then. And it still is important to me now, just in a different light. But um yeah man it's the life cycle of being a fan being in media as we all are now and then just also being able to bring that perspective to fans um it's been a lot of fun but i think that's a good transition being a fan nfl fan of the year mm. what can you share with us about that experience and like how you found out and like what behind the scenes that entire thing was like yeah it was pretty crazy and like to speak of the point that we were just talking about too i think it helps because I don't even talk about my fandom like it's a past thing because like, bro, I'm a fan. What do you mean? Like I, I now it's become my job, right? And it's become a career, but I'll still get really excited for football games because I'm like, man, like this is just awesome. Like I love football and I love the Green Bay Packers. So to be completely transparent with you. So in 2023, um, I didn't even know fan of the year was a thing. Uh, it's a relatively like new award, uh, something that they've been doing at the honors. And it was something that was brought up to me while I was doing 30 and 30. And some people were like, oh, like maybe you can win fan of the year. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but that sounds cool. And then I just kept doing 30 and 30. And it was one of the streams that was right after we were all done. And people started talking about fan of the year again. And I was like, okay, well, like, let me look this up. Like, let me see what this is all about. So I looked it up and I saw, and I was like, oh, like, yeah, this is pretty cool. You can nominate yourself or people can nominate you. And I was like, well, I'm not going to nominate myself. So I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that'd be cool if that's something like that happened. And then I got back to work. Like that was, that was basically the thought I put into it. And it wasn't until November, um, I got a call from the Green Bay Packers. They left a voicemail <laughs> on my phone because I had just missed the call. It's Mark Murphy I, here. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was uh, Haley from Fan Engagement. And she basically called and was like, hey, can you give me a call back? And I was like, okay. So I was like, maybe? Like, I, I didn't thought about it for months. And when I got back in touch with them, you know, Haley informed me that I was like the Packers nominee for fan of the year. I'd be going to the Super Bowl. Uh, there'd be like the Sports Illustrated party, what have you, that I'd be attending. And then the NFL honors. And I'm at that point, I was like, this is amazing. Like, I don't, 
it doesn't matter about winning. Yeah. It doesn't matter about any of that. I was like, this is incredible because as a Packers fan, and I've been a Packers fan since I was six years old, it was just like this, damn, okay, like this feels really good. Like a team that I have like loved so much that I made it my career. And the fact that I got to this point because the fans nominated me, which was like so kind of them to take the time to do so. And then on top of that, like it was because we raised over half a million dollars for kids with cancer, which is insane. So it was like this like perfect storm of like, yeah, like this is legitimately perfect. Like how could I not be over the moon happy? Yeah, it's, mm. it's so cool. Like watching, first off, people don't understand how exhausting traveling is. Like if you oh, yeah, like sure. normal people will travel once every little while. I think people that work in business will travel, you know, like maybe once, twice a week, Tom, your travel schedule to like accomplish 30, 30 and 30. Like, what was that? Dude, it was like 25 flights, um, driving, uh, a couple train rides and the majority of all of like the hotels and airfare were booked the night before. Like I would do the entire day because I had to remain flexible in case like team said yes, or like, you know, schedule changes occurred. And I would just book them the night before, sometimes at like three o'clock in the morning. And then we'd catch a flight at 10 AM. So it was insane. I actually went on a podcast uh, earlier this year, maybe last year, and I spoke to Tommy Dreamer, who's like an old school wrestler. Mm -hmm. And we had this conversation and he's like on the road, you know, because like wrestlers wrestle like 300 days out of the year. It's like crazy. He goes, I traveled 29 days straight. You did that in a month. Like you did 30. And like, yeah, it was exhausting. But I mean, man, it was just, it was a logistical nightmare. But like kind of just going, all right, I know when we're going to be there. We're going to get there. I booked one flight in advance because that was the Denver to Seattle flight. And I had to book that mm -hmm. one because I'm like, I had to get there early. But yeah, dude, it was a week of, you know, just three hours of sleep, just nonstop fan event, every single city that we were in going to every stadium. It was it was insane, like insanity. I don't know Swift. how I didn't get sick. I don't, I don't know how I did it. You're, you're Taylor Swift. More than Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. you. It's uh, a little bit less of a following. But yeah, um, yeah no, it was it, like when I say it was the greatest time of my life, like because everybody I met from Uber drivers to, you know, hotel clerks to everybody, they were just here to be like, wow, you're doing a great thing. Here's money to support this great That's thing. So cool. And like, let's just show off how awesome football is. That's like, so cool. it was, it was perfect. I think it's That's really awesome. like the cool part for me is thinking from like a fan's perspective. And look, a lot of Twitter is a dark hole and a black sure. hole, a super really bad hole. Yeah. And it's a lot of like fan versus fan, right? Like no matter what the logic is behind people, they love to argue about their teams. It's just part of what we sure. love about football. But like you were able to go and see new fan bases that just love you for you, regardless mm -hmm. of your Packer fandom. Like I, I bet Vikings fans, Bears fans, all of them. Like you have people that love you just for you. Like put the colors aside. Like what was it? I'd imagine it was pretty euphoric. Every time you showed up in a new city, those new jerseys showed up. Like, you, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, no, that's a great point because like the first day I was in green Bay, Johnny and I are like the, the famous story. Now is like Johnny and I were walking to the front of the atrium for our first fan meetup. Because back, back in the beginning, I was like, I could do two fan meetups a day. Easy peasy. Not a problem. That did not last yeah. long. But basically I walked, I was walking with Johnny. And I'm like, how many people are going to be here, dude? Like it's 11 o'clock in the morning, like on a Tuesday, <laughs> like 
yeah. how many people are going to come out for Tom Grassi? And Johnny's like, maybe 12. I was like, that might be a little high. I'm like, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know, man. 12 might be a little high. And that first fan event, there was like 40 people there. And like, there was teachers there that came real quick and were like, okay, I have to go back to work because I'm in the middle of teaching. This is my lunch break. <laughs> so that we did another fan meetup at Badger State afterwards. And it was going through, okay, people showed up in Green Bay. That makes sense. I'm a Packers fan. But then they were there in Minnesota and it was a good crowd. Detroit was an even bigger crowd. We literally packed out a restaurant. That's so sick. Uh, then I was like, okay, but once we get out of the NFC North, like maybe a little be a little bit dicey. So went to Cleveland. Just think there was like 35 people that were there. And I was like, okay, there might be people in every city. And it was when I got to Buffalo. Oh man. That it like completely Chills thinking changed about Buffalo for you. Like that picture. It's iconic. Yeah greatest picture i've like ever had of taken of me i still have the scar like the scar is still rocking on the elbow um i showed up and there are people who are just parked there there's news cameras there's over a hundred people that are there it was the biggest fan meetup we had had thus far and i go oh okay and that's also when it was all gravel and i was like i'm gonna have to jump (laughs) because i didn't realize that it wasn't grass it was gravel like this is gonna hurt it's gonna suck man but I got changed like at the house, put on a Bills, like a Bills Mafia shirt. I walked out and I was like, okay. And because I had done this now five times, I was like, all right, I'm going to say like, welcome to Buffalo. You get really loud. I'll go jump through a table and then we'll do a fan meetup. And I stand there. I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Buffalo. They go nuts. And I was like, okay, like this, this is going to come out really good. But then they start chanting Grassi. And I was like, oh, I was like, Mm, like I still get goosebumps over that because like that was the moment I was like damn yeah they're like kind of here for me and like that was a very I do a lot of content from the confines of my basement the numbers are really cool and they're really big but it's hard to quantify that and I never had that experience real human outside of this impact yeah I'll go to Green Bay right and I'll get recognized like when I go out in Green Bay and like I'll sign a bunch of autographs and pictures and what have you but this was like a ton of people that were here for this. And it was just such a euphoric feeling. And like every single meetup after that, like just got crazier. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Charlotte. I, was like, who, I don't know if a ton of people are going to show up in Charlotte. Charlotte was insane, right? We had over 350 people for Denver. We had over 300 people for Kansas City. There was people tailgating four hours early in Kansas City waiting for us at the stadium. And so it was like just this amazing moment of damn, we built an incredible community here. We're all coming together because we love football. Like we're all like a whole bunch of weirdos who like have these inside jokes of like, these are my people. And then we're also raising money for an amazing cause. So yeah, put all of that together. And the fact that we raised so much money, nothing. Yeah, dude, that's, that's so cool. Like you, obviously you raised a lot of money. I think that's people have used their platforms to raise a lot of money, but you like raise a lot of money while also spending a lot of your own yeah. money on mm. travel. And yeah, something that Tyler and I talk about a lot and Tyler more so than me is like the business of sports and like logistics and like all that other stuff. And I don't know if this is even something you've talked about or open to talking about or want to. And if you don't like totally get it, we can cut this section. Um, but like the cost of travel, like booking mm-hmm. everything last minute, like do you even know the number that it costs you to like complete 30 and 30 out yeah. of your own pocket? 
Yeah, it costs over. It costs like right around fifty grand. That's insane. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. So like, I didn't have a sponsor. I so like I'm not lying when I said like I was. I've been trying to move. I've been trying like as I outgrew. I've outgrown this space significantly. Yeah. I have stuff in boxes because I just can't hang stuff. Um, and I saved fifty thousand dollars for a house for a down payment on a house that I've been saving over the past few years, and I literally for a moment had to say, okay, I can either go get a house that I've been trying to move into for years, or I can do this. And it took me about five minutes to be like, yeah, no, I'm doing this. Which is insane. So like, I just did it myself. And I don't think like people even know this about you. Like you didn't take, and you raised 500,000 for charity. You didn't take yeah. 50,000 to recoup from charity. Oh, God, like no. that no, went to charity. Your contribution yeah. was your time and your money. And like yeah. you made all this come to life because it was something you're super passionate about. So like super kudos to you first off. Like that's, that's that. awesome. I know that like, that will come back to you tenfold in a bunch of different ways. And it probably already has to this point, like with how crazy this season has been, but like mm -hmm. knowing that like you were doing this for a reason, the money didn't matter. I think, I don't know if I've seen people talk about that with you yet. And I'm like, you deserve some sort of credit for like, you had to, that's a commitment, dude, like a month of time, sure. a lot of money and just like the willpower to go make it happen. So I, when I heard the first little bit, when you and I were talking, I was like, there's no way people don't know this yet. Like that's, that makes it even more to me. Like, just crazy. It's awesome. Well, I mean, it, it's a couple of decisions that went into this, right? And like, there every now and then, like, you'll have someone be like, "Oh, Tom's just doing it all for money." I'm like, "Bro, do you know how much money like I have lost or just yep. not taking in?" <laughs> because that I I've told this to people. It took me three years to make two hundred dollars doing this. Yeah. I did this for free for years. Yeah. I would go back to doing this for free, and I would keep it at the same pace because I love doing right. this so much, right? And yeah, no sponsors, you know, didn't get anything like that. Nothing got comped. I think, I think there was two tours that I didn't pay for. Um, yeah, that, like that, it was basically just all out of pocket and which is fine. Like it, it is what it is. I made that decision to do so, but that is where I think like there's that responsibility of if you have a platform, then you should be giving back in some way, yeah. shape or form. And I mean, I'm just very transparent of being like, hey, guys, like, I don't take sponsors. Like, this is what this is. This is the money that's going to this. I had people handing me cash. So cool. Like, when we we're at the fan meetups, like, dude, like, I was traveling around at times with like $6,000 in my pocket because I couldn't make it to a bank. And I'm like, this is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I should not have $6,000 on me. But like, every dollar the night that I got it, I went into the hotel room. The first thing I did was count out every single dollar make that donation like in to be like here you go like this is me so there's a record of everything so i was like no like this is i never touch money i never do any of that it's 100 percent going there and you know the past three years we've raised seven hundred twenty thousand dollars for a bunch of different charities but like that's why it's it's not about the recognition i did it in june which is the one month out of the year the nfl has no coverage which was intentional but like I, I think I got 7,000 subscribers in June. Yeah. Like I didn't do this for like to go viral or like anything like that. I was like, no, this could be like once in a lifetime thing. I think we can raise a hundred thousand dollars for charity and yeah, like let's go rock so and cool. see what happens. And the fact that it just came from like everyday normal people, you know, Pat McAfee shout out to him, like donated $25,000. The Steelers donated a thousand dollars that went right to St. Jude. And then there's a bunch of teams that, you know, gave items that I could auction off to yeah. people that raised a bunch of money, but it was just, it was just people. Yeah. It was just people being like, here's five bucks, here's 10 bucks, you know, let's just try to make a difference. I love that. And I think yeah. that's some of the stuff that I felt like was missed in the coverage of you being fan of the year. It's, and 
I think it's amazing. Like I think fan of the year, like the fact that you won it was amazing. But I just I felt like following along that like damn they missed like the point a little bit. And that was mm. like from my own you. perspective. I was like, they don't know how actual like how much of a how much you gave up to do this. Because it wasn't like you just super covered the Packers. You were the super Packers fan of the year. Yeah. It was like, no, like you were like what represents the good about NFL fans. You were like the fan of the NFL for the year because of what you gave up to do this. And I was like, I just nothing against. I mean, people don't always know the context of things, but I was like, sure. I wish that I could have like nudged someone like, no, like talk about this because this is why this was so impactful <laughs> and so cool. But no, I just, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. it's, it's the thing is like, I wasn't just nominated by Packers yeah. fans too. Like that was the crazy thing. And they were just like, no, it was thousands and thousands of people so cool. that were like, Hey, this guy should be that. And you're talking about like Twitter. You're talking about a lot of like tribalism and sports and all that great stuff, but that's not here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And there, it legitimately is a community. I just tell us everybody all the time, like anybody's welcome. Just don't be an a-hole. Like that's it. That's all. It's a really low bar. Like we're going to accept <laughs> everybody. Like we're not the high bar for people, but yes. Yeah, it is. But then it's like, okay, you don't yeah, have to. Yeah. Like it's all good. And my my content is not going to be everybody's cup of tea, right? For whatever reason, it's all good. Like there's plenty of fantastic content creators out there. But like, if you want to join in on this, and like, yeah, on the surface, it's like silly football videos. Yeah. But dude, I mean, I don't have my notebook right this second. But like, I did a Chiefs fan reaction to the season. Like, I'm going in and looking like, okay. You know, what free agents did they pick up? You know, who did they drop in the middle of the season? Yeah. You know, when did they bench this guy? When did this guy come down from the booth? Like, I'm doing a 49ers one. I was like, all right, this is the week against the Eagles. You know, Steve Wilkes, he comes down on the sideline. He was in the booth the entire season. You have to know the like, whole script of every team and, like, what matters. Like, yeah, people don't understand. And I got my first taste of it, like, in media this time, where I had to really understand context of different teams and what they go through and, like, just news yeah. throughout the week to be able to feel like I had the right to talk about them. Because, you know, if you yeah. speak on something that you don't know everything about, it's like they will get you and they will rip you apart. <laughs> yeah, because like, it's like you. I like to think that I have a, a good pulse yep. on like each of the fan bases because I, I go through message boards, subreddits, social media to literally get a sense. And on top of that, because I stream just about every game yeah. that is played, you know, there's those fans that are in the chat. So like just over the year and over the season, you get to like get a really good idea and you just stay on top of it of what's going on. So even if like the comedy is not for you, at least the accuracy is going to be there. And again, that's all like surface level stuff. But if you want to start digging deeper, like that's when we start getting into the charity stuff. That's when we start getting into like why I do the things that we do. Friday night Q and A's, which I've done every Friday since 2018, yeah. right? You know, I've missed a few because like 30 and 30 and stuff, but Dude, like that's community building. You know, like I know people who just got pets. I know people who just got jobs that they're applying to NASA. Like these are things that go into like making a community. And it's why whenever I've, whenever I, the only time I've ever asked my audience for money is for charity. Yeah. That's the only time. And that's why we're able to raise this crazy amount. And that's why it's able to get this kind of coverage because, you know, I work really hard to foster a community that's like, hey, no. It's gonna be about football, like it's all about like love, and you know yeah. we're gonna have a good time. I think community is like the most powerful thing that anybody can have, and if you have people that have your mm -hmm. back, no matter what crazy idea you have, no matter what you want to dive into, like people are gonna ride for you because they love you for what you do, yeah, and who you are. So 
I love that. I do. We do have like some questions. Wow, dude, 30 minutes has already rolled by. Like I could, we Fly obviously could talk forever. Um, <laughs> we have some like specific questions laid out. Shout out to producer Roddy, Tyler, and uh, Jack in the background. Um, one of the ones that I'm actually really interested in, there's two, it's kind of two part. What's your favorite NFL stadium that's not Lambeau? Okay, so there's a few stadiums that I was like, wow, these are really cool. The one that blew me the way the most was Atlanta. Yeah. Because they're sustainability stuff is like so far ahead of like SoFi is amazing right like it's like a theme park it, mm -hmm. it they have museums literally in it <laughs> you know and there, there's definitely some great stadiums out there but the fact that like they're telling me oh yeah all our soccer games all our home games it's like water power solar power like we grow all of like the food that we make a whole bunch of it here the fact that it's like 30 bucks for a family of four it just seemed like it was so fan focused mm -hmm. and while also like some crazy amount is like composted and recycled and it's like 1% or 10% or something of all the trash is actual like garbage that's going to go into a landfill and it doesn't go to Atlanta. Like that kind of stuff and being presented with that information was again, so unlike a lot of other stadiums that one, it was beautiful. And two, with the sustainability and fans like in mind. Yeah, that it was, it was pretty that's really cool. Cause in my time in Atlanta, um, I got to know about Arthur Blank and like, what has he done? Obviously for people that don't yeah. know, he was a co-founder of um, Home Depot. And so like, I think it's a cool perspective because every owner in the NFL has a different path to being an owner, right? Like some teams yes. don't have an owner, Shout the Packers. Um, but with him, I feel like he had his whole business career at Home Depot, still a part of it, whatever. But like, he had to have learned a lot throughout that process that he then took and applied sure. to being an owner of a team and like doing it his way that he felt was the best and the right way to do it sustainable. And one of the biggest things was like pricing for food. Like you go to yeah. some stadiums, dude, and it is like $15 for nothing. And Crazy. water is $8. Yeah. Like you can yep. actually go to an Atlanta Falcons game outside of like the ticket price, which I think is still pretty low. You can actually eat a meal there and not feel like it's just crushing yep. you. And that's really cool. And it, like, he stands by that. So I'm really glad you said that. That's pretty cool. They, they were saying it was like an average of $30 for a family of four. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty not like in today's, I mean, I'm in New York, right? So like I go to Madison Square Garden and I'm just like, yep, it's be $18 for a beer. Like yeah. that's what mm -hmm. that's going to look like. But yeah, that stuff and any team or organization that really puts a lot of emphasis like on their fans and it's not just like talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're good in my mm -hmm. book. Okay. Tom, did you that. feel welcomed everywhere that you went? I'm curious. You go to all these stadiums. You're, you're rolling up with this sure. huge crew all the time. Was there an instance where it was maybe getting a little hairy between you and a stadium or you and a team? So it was funny because there was just stadiums that I was not allowed in, mm. right? It was for whatever reason. Um, some were super nice, like the Bears. They were like, we're so sorry. Taylor Swift is setting up that day. Like if you had a concert, like we could make it happen. But setting up they have so many you can't show any you know set design what have you so like that's not a problem uh when we went to detroit we met up outside of ford field and security came and they kind of like hey said hey like who are you and why are you here because you need a permit to do that and we, i was just like signing things and taking pictures and that's all and I was like, hey, like, I did tell you guys I was coming. Like, nobody responded. Like, if you need me to move across the street, I'll move across the street. That's totally fine. And so we had, like, a little – they were super nice about it. We, I eventually – like, it was just taking too long. And I was like, I'm just going to move people across the street. It's not that big of a deal. So we moved across the street. And as I was wrapping up, 
um, one of the representatives from the Lions actually came out and was like, so who are you? And like, what are you doing? And I kind of just explained what I was doing. They're like, okay, well, do you want to do this inside? I was like, well, I just finished. So like, I'm kind of done. They're like, okay, well, like you could go inside and just like film for a second if you want to, but you can't show the field. You can't show anything because uh, there's a high school graduation rehearsal going on. Mm. And I was like, okay. So I walked in and I literally, that was the first stadium I was allowed in besides Lambeau Field. And I just like looked up at the ceiling. I was like, I've made it. Right. And like later there would be like amazing. I'd be able to catch touchdown passes like in the end zone and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, like that was like the one hairy situation. The other one was MetLife. I wasn't even allowed on the property because Ed Sheeran was setting up. So I just filmed it on the side of a highway um, like in Jersey. So I made that. I just stood there and I was like, I'm here. Here's the stadium. Like whatever. Yeah. Like there was just a few like Miami, for example. Um, They never got back to me. So I had to like do the loop around the stadium to see how close I could get to try and like show Which if it you've off. never been there, their like situation is so weird. Like it is very odd. Middle yeah. of nowhere. Like, yeah, it's, it's why like the university of Miami can't like fill games. Like it's just, I don't know. It, their, their situation is weird. I, Cause that was like one of my first times in Miami. And so I just booked the hotel that was closest to the stadium mm. And like, I walked to the stadium, which is like a good mile, but I walked there and I was like, there's like nothing around here. Like people are like, how are the beaches? I'm like, I didn't see a single beach. (laughs) And then I wound up like hopping on a plane. So yeah, no, like that, there was never like an issue or anything like that um, where it got dicey. It was just like, there were some places I wasn't allowed to get into and you know, it it is what it is. Okay. I like that. We, we have some good ones too. We have, okay. If you were not a Packers fan, who would be your team? I get asked this a lot. Um, and I and like this is not a cop out. I'll give you an answer, but like my actual answer is I I don't I wouldn't have a fandom. Like it legitimately like I it's Packers all the way down. Um I get a lot of crap sometimes for wearing like jerseys of opposing teams, and I'm like, yeah, guys, no, this is yeah, this is all Packers all the way. If there was like another team, uh, it wouldn't be an NFC team because it's just too close. It'd probably be the Bills or the Bengals. Yeah, I dude, the Bills you know, and, and that, fans, like they just very similar to yeah. green bay very similar setup like very like small town like very parking people's you know backyards you mm. know driveways walk on over um very similar and then the Bengals are just dude their fan base is amazing and like their team goes all out for their That's fans cool. and um it, it's it's pretty awesome that's see. really cool it's nice when the fans are not just noticed by the team but like catered to i think it's a big yeah a big selling point mm- there's yeah. plenty of owners slash organizations that just go, yeah, they're, they're dollar signs, right. Of like, cause they're going to spend money on merch. They're going to spend money on tickets, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you saw that in Washington, for example, there's a breaking point, you know, there's a breaking point where they go, no, like we're just not going to show up to games. They get new ownership and they sell out, right. you know, like they, that is anybody who wants to kind of run this business in a way that I think is going to be sustainable is like, you have to actually give back to your fans because your fans are giving you so much of their time, energy, free publicity, et cetera. You know, I think it's only fair that you give them something in return. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I, I think the free publicity part is a big one. And I also think like, I don't know, man, you look at the, you look at the commanders, the Washington, like that whole situation, they don't ever seem like they were ever catering to the next generation of fans and like they were once a historic franchise. Like they were once them. And if you lose track of like the thought of you need to start appealing to the next generation and future generations, 
there will be a time when 30, 40 years down the road, like people don't care about you anymore. And I think that's yeah. kind of like part of the conversation that was to be had around the Packers and social media and like trying yeah. to cater sure. to this next generation. Like, look, you have season ticket holders for this generation, the oldest generation. You have season ticket mm -hmm. holders that we pass down to the next generation. But like the kids and like the teenagers, they're Justin Jefferson fans and they're Jamar mm -hmm. Chase fans. Sure. And like you, like they're Packers fans by like association too. But I think they're doing a better job now of actually trying to cater to the fans. Like it's baby steps, but I think that's yeah. the whole point is no matter how historic of a franchise you are, look at the Patriots, dude, Patriots, like the dynasty's fallen, it's crumbled. And what are they going to do to keep fans of like kids for the next 20, 30 years that are going to be selling out their stadium when those kids start like taking parts of their salaries every year and buying season tickets. Sure. So I think yeah. that's like, it's very much a four four thought out like thought process on who you're trying to target in marketing. But I don't know. I think the teams that are doing it for all the fans, old and young, appealing to all of them. And it's not gonna you can't like count your dollars that way. You just have to know yeah. that you're moving forward. Yeah, ask be proactive rather than reactive, right? Mm -hmm. And like the thing is too, and you find this out during thirty and thirty and all that. It is 32 individual businesses that are operating under the bit, like the flagship yep. of the, the NFL. Right. Like that became so insanely clear. I was like, hey, can I get a tour of this stadium? They're like, well, we don't even own our stadium. The city yeah. owns our stadium. Like, and that's just, that's with a bunch of things. Like, oh no, we got to talk to the landlord yeah. who's the corporation that owns the stadium. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Like I just wanted to look around and like give you free publicity and show off like how awesome the team yeah. and fan base is. That's yeah. real. But yeah, no, you're hundred percent correct. Like I had that conversation with the Packers last August because I was sitting down with Mark Murphy and just having that conversation and just being like, Hey, you know, like more fan outreach and stuff like that. That's going to go a long way mm -hmm. because you mentioned the Patriots and I brought them up and I actually asked him a question about this when it comes to football. Because at that point, we didn't know about Jordan Love, and it was kind of like this year of uncertainty that we we're heading into. And I said that basically the past two generations of Packers fans have had, you know, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You had Brett Favre, and then you had Aaron Rodgers. And part of the identity of the Green Bay Packers has been these past 30 years winning football games and elite quarterback yeah. play. So I said, if you don't have that in Jordan, like if you don't have that elite quarterback play, is there kind of this macro thinking where it's like damn like we need a franchise quarterback to make sure that that brand stays relevant and kind of stays going and i brought up the patriots of going tom brady all the rings all that great stuff but once that's gone there's less primetime games yeah. right you're gonna start selling less tickets you're gonna because i asked this and this was an, in a snarky manner i was like right now if you're a patriots fan whose jersey are you buying mm-hmm Ezekiel Elliott. You don't even know who's going to be on the I team. Don't know. Yeah, you have no clue. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah, that, so that and that was the thing when I went to the Raiders during thirty and thirty because they had three jerseys up. They had Max Crosby, they had Devontae Adams, and they had Josh Jacobs, who they didn't know if he was coming back at that point. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like if you don't have like a superstar mm -hmm. or you don't have a franchise quarterback, I mean, hell, look at the Texans, yeah. right? Like they had a huge turnaround, and Stroud came out and said, like, I want fans to be like proud to wear that jersey. That's a yeah. thing. And if you don't pay attention to like your fan base or don't at least cater to them in some way during those down times, yeah. it's going to be tough to like build that loyalty back up because talking to Cincinnati fans, they were like, listen, we were fans way before Joe Burrow. We went through yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And now there's Joe Burrow. 
the fan base has kind of been taken over by the youth because it's they love Joe Burrow, they love Jamar Chase, yeah. which is awesome. And kind of like the older folks are looking at that and be like, wow, whole new generation, like they get to go move forward, but also want to preserve like that history that they were there in the 70s and mm-hmm. 80s. And yeah, I, it's just so fascinating to see like the history of fandom and how, you know, teams kind of go, okay, yeah, we might not be amazing right now, but this is why we still want you to be a yeah. fan and you have an incentive to still be a fan. Yeah. That's, do you remember what? Do you remember what Mark Murphy said to you when you asked him that question? Because obviously at the time we didn't know about Jordan Love. And I and not to say that they aren't making strides. I think Kurt, you'll even admit that the Packers are making strides into that fan outreach that you're talking about. But it yeah, also definitely. is a bit of a cop out that Jordan Love ended up being good. And he never had to face <laughs> that realization of, oh crap, what if we don't have a seemingly star quarterback? What what did he say to you when you asked him that question? Because I think it's a really good one. Yeah. So he got into it. And he's like, there's really not a thought process that goes behind that. It's more of just about being competitive and staying to the standards in which like they have set. Right. And him and I had like a very candid conversation. He's like, listen, we're not going to be the team that like posts a whole bunch of memes. Like we're just not, he's like, that's not, right. that's not saying that we won't do something like that or dip our toe with like into the water there. And obviously that happened this uh, past season. But it's like, we just don't need to do that. Like we talk about the Chargers, right? And how world-class their social media team is, right? Because it also is trying to get butts in seats, right? You look at other teams, like let's just say the Carolina Panthers, right? And while they have a pretty good social media team, don't get me wrong. I mean, there was talks about fans marching on the stadium to basically (laughs) protest it last season. So like there's, there's differing ideologies there. And I think when you are a part of a really successful, you know, franchise organization, like the Packers are, it's very easy to be like, Oh, this is how things are always going to be. And this has worked for so long and credit to the Packers. They have been, you know, getting into other things, which is great. And it's like, you know, engaging with the fans more and really hyping up like Packers everywhere and all that stuff. But I think, there are just other teams right now that have been doing that for a while. And I always just like to shout them out and appreciate that. Those yeah. are good points. Um, so Jordan love, obviously he's the guy like he's, yeah, he's about to get paid allegedly, which is awesome. So cool to see mm-hmm. like that come up. What were your thoughts pre week eight, nine ish pre bye week to post bye week of Jordan love candidly. The whole history of me and Jordan love is so much fun because I went viral for my reaction to Jordan love. And it was me screaming into a pile of clothes. (laughs) And I did not want the Packers to draft a quarterback. It wasn't a Jordan love thing. It was, I just was like, I wanted Patrick queen so bad. Packers just got ran over by Raheem Morris. Right. Then on top of that, uh, I wanted another wide receiver at that point. I wanted Denzel Mims. That one did not work out, (laughs) but (laughs) that that one didn't work out. But I wanted basically another weapon. So like we just went to the NFC championship game. Like, let's go away. and get right. these we're so close. So I scream into a pile of clothes. And I as soon as I'm done, I put the, the pile of clothes. And I go, so Jordan Love has a lot of potential. And then I just <laughs> talk about how much like Jordan Love could be that. I, there's plenty of clips of me saying like that night that he's drafted, he could be the guy. He's the kind of guy that needs to sit behind an Aaron Rodgers yeah. by the time he starts, whenever that is. I mean, at that point, you won't have any excuses because he sat behind a Hall of Fame QB. I bought his signed mini helmet the night he got drafted. I got a signed jersey the night that he got drafted. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, he's our guy. So (laughs) the first year, we didn't see him at all. COVID, right? Second year, we saw more Kurt because he got injured during preseason. So Jordan really didn't get to play a whole lot. Then that 
following year, like in 2022, he looked a lot better in the preseason, mm-hmm. everything like that. Heading into the season, I was like, please, God, just beat the Bears. Because Bears fans were like yapping a lot this oh, offseason. Always yapping. Like, just beat the Bears, please. <laughs> beat the Bears. It's their Super Bowl. I get it. So they beat the Bears. They look really good. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like this, this could be fun now. So that happens. The Falcons game happens. That's a little disappointing. The Saints game happens where they come back in the fourth quarter. And I was like, okay, it's there. But once you start getting to like the Denver game, Mm. like once you start getting to the dark times, yeah, it was, there was a time like I put, that was the title of the videos. Like the Packers were one of, if not like the worst team in football, the way they were playing playing. because the, the defense wasn't looking good. The offense wasn't looking good. They had no run game to speak of wide receivers were either not running the right routes. They were dropping the ball or Jordan love was making mistakes. Like it was just all around. No one was playing well at the same time ever in that stretch. No, it just it wasn't complimentary yeah. football. That it was not there. <laughs> yeah, right. So before then, I was just like, damn, okay. And people were like, because of course, if you're anti-Packers, Jordan loves a bus, like prepare <laughs> for 30 years of terribleness. And even though the Packers were really bad and the titles of my videos were the Packers were bad, I'm just like, we don't know. We got to wait and see. Because you saw those glimmers yeah. of like, man, this kid could be good. Like he's like putting some ball, like he's putting some in some spaces where it's like, ooh, okay. You know, he's putting a little zip on it when he's playing a little bit more loose. I remember it vividly from one of, if not, it might have been his first preseason game against the Bills, where, like, he had this insane throw down the right side, like, complete, it was amazing, and then the next one, he threw an interception. And I was like, (laughs) okay, but that's what you saw, and you're like, this is what needs to get better. And he had that lack of consistency during the season, and then it just started to put it together and got really well. But I'll be very honest, and I'm pretty happy with how I handled that because I was just, we don't know. Just got to be patient. Because even if he's not the guy, okay, then, like, what are we going to do right (laughs) now? Like, all right, he's got to play. You got to put him out. The people are like, you got to start Sean Clifford. And I was just like, why? Like, why do we need to start Sean Clifford? Like, if we're not going to the playoffs, then we want to be very sure that Jordan Love is not yep. the guy. And turns yep. out he's the he guy. Was. And yeah. he's the guy. pretty convincingly the guy, I'd say. That's all you were hoping Let's, for, one way or another. Yeah. You're like, hopefully it was totally him you just need to know. or just a total bust at the end of the year. And he obviously turned it around. Tyler, like, I'm sure you could speak to this too. Like, how did you feel about this season? Because I got to be honest, as a fan, I loved this season because mm. I came in with no expectations. Same. I was like, I just got to find out if Jordan loves the guy or not. Yes. I don't have to worry about, oh, man, another heartbreaking playoff loss or anything like that because you have Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, every year is Super Bowl, right? Like, that's every year has to be that. Like, did you go through of, like, a little bit less stress to be like, yeah, this is kind of nice? I would say yes, but then we had those flashes at the beginning, at the beginning of the year where you talked about where it's like you, you saw it happening. And I, rem- I remember a meme. I don't know who posted it, but it was like these sliders where it seemed like n- nobody could ever be fully throttled up at the same time. It was like whether it be the wide receivers or the offense, the defense or the passing game in the run game. Like like you said, it was never it was never 100 percent all the time. And then once you started to get those yeah. little glimmers and we talked about this as we got into the playoffs, you got that feeling like. The Packers are playing with house money. There is no stress. But again, and I think this comes back to our conversation of like just being a Packers fan and expecting this for the last 30 years, you get into these big moments against the Bears, against the Vikings, in the playoffs, and you find yourself just as disappointed as you have been your entire life because that's the expectation anyway. But I'll tell you, like going into this offseason with a guy that you know is the guy, 
is probably the best feeling in the entire world. Like I just wake up excited about football next year because I know it is going to be awesome because it was so awesome at the end of the year. Yeah. It's the youngest team and you're like, okay, right. so you have to assume everything from here is up, mm -hmm. right? Like that was the worst iteration of the Packers under Jordan Love that we're hopefully going to see for a while. And you kept hopefully, saying that. Yeah, right? you like, kept saying that. Like, it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. And then the offseason, yeah. we fixed the parts. Hopefully, we fixed the parts that everybody hated anyway in the defensive coordinator. And then <laughs> a little sneaky call out for yeah. the strength and conditioning coach, Kurt. We like that move too. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. maybe you have a healthy team next year that plays good defense and you have that young offensive core. It's like impossible not to sit here and just be so, so excited. Maybe guys' yeah. hamstrings aren't just beef jerky by week nine. <laughs> you know? oh my god yeah it, but dude like it's also there's a level and this is no shade whatsoever it's also like just heading into this off season i don't have to worry about like if aaron Rodgers is gonna show up or not right. like i don't have to worry about like if he's going to play this year i there's none of that like last year i was like i'm gonna go on vacation as soon as we figure out what's going on with aaron Rodgers. We didn't get like, he didn't get traded till the week of the draft. I didn't go on vacation <laughs> last year. So like this year I go, Jordan Love's got to get a contract. That's like the, maybe we'll go get like a, a safety and free agency. Right. That's like what I got to worry yeah. about. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, I, I'll, I'll take that. I love yeah. that. Tom, do you, do you find your job is easier or harder, especially as we get in the off season this year compared to last year? Like you have so much to talk about last year. I mean, like yeah. the Packers were the center of the football universe last year with Aaron Rodgers decision. Yeah. And now this yes. year, they're flying under the radar. But as we just talked about, we're probably more excited headed into next year than we were last year. So you as a professional fan at this point, is it easier to head into an offseason like this or to head into an offseason where there's plenty of drama to talk about? I got to be honest, like I just got so burned out mm. because, I mean, I've put out content at least five days a week since August of 2019, and I have not missed a day. You know, like that streak is important to me. So I go, all right. So there's always content Monday through Friday, regardless of offseason or not. Is it easy to be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers posted an eye emoji tweet today, so we're going to break this down for two. <laughs> it got tiring. I was like, I just don't want to do it no more, yeah. right? So I'm very happy that I now have the flexibility to be more creative during the offseason because, yeah, like when there's Packers news, I'm going to talk about it. Like when there's talking about like the draft, like it's going to be great. But yeah, it's there's a relative ease and lack of stress that is definitely more preferable because there's plenty of drama during the season because it's such a week-to-week -week yeah. league like so much so like we're looking at the chiefs like they lost six games oh god they're the worst they won the super bowl the rams didn't win in a single like a single game in the month of november they won the super bowl so it is such a oh man like the sky is falling everything's amazing the sky is falling every single week by the time we get to the offseason i'm like i'm okay with just talking about football <laughs> yeah yeah dude the week to week of the nfl like if you miss a random tuesday or wednesday you've missed so much like mm -hmm. that's what i tell people like this is such a business where like i work six seven days a week and like it's 15 hour days and i'm just like no because if you like i was sick so i didn't get a chance to put out the chiefs fan reaction to them like the season i put it out yesterday and it like yeah. tanked right right like compared to where it was in season but that's the difference like you're talking about a day or two during the season it's like you said it, it might as well be a week because yep. people don't care anymore they're like nope that's why like me having stuff out 15 minutes after the game ends like has led to a lot of success but i've just doing that i've been doing that for yep. years so i was like okay if i couldn't be the best you know because of the equipment or whatever or just because i was new i'm gonna be yep. first and that's what got eyes originally on my stuff. 
and then I just kept that same work ethic, you know, as That's I got That's so true. Here. That's kind of the approach that I've taken on Twitter. Like, I don't wait, f- I, like, in, during the season, I don't wait for the All-22 to give, like, my analysis. I'm trying to, like, live tweet what really is happening, grabbing yeah. the clips, quote, quote tweeting, like, and that's led to, like, the Twitter stuff. But, no, it's it's so true. Like, I, I, I don't even know what to do with myself now that I don't have to cover current events. It's like now yeah. it's like draft prep where I can like go and look at guys and I don't have to rush to put it out because there's no rush. And it's it's a yeah. nice it is like a legitimate offseason and it's a nice change of pace. So um yeah, yeah. The, we have two more questions for you before we leave. The yeah. first one is this NFL draft for the Packers. What's your dream? You had Patrick Queen in 2020 or whatever it was. Like <laughs> who what is your please gimme? Please gimme. So I'll be very honest with you. I don't have that player yet. They, they it happened last year was Brian Branch. Yeah. Like Brian, wow. so meeting Brian Branch's brother in Vegas, and then eventually Brian Branch was one of the funniest things I ever had happen to me because I'm just walking around Radio Row on Friday, and it's just like Tom Grassi, and I turn, it's a guy I've never seen before. He's like, "Come here," and he's like, "I'm Brian Branch's brother. We love you, man." <laughs> we had like back and forth for like 15 minutes. And then I wound up meeting Brian Branch just because the Packers traded that pick to the Lions and then they yeah. drafted Brian Branch. I was like, man, I just want him because he's a dog. Like, he could help in the run game and everything he like that. This year. Um, yeah, Darnell Washington was another guy. Like, I was like, why is he falling yeah. so far? And the Packers really needed tight end and what have you. But there's not that person for me yet. I just want a safety. Yeah. Like, I think it might just come in free agency, but man, I just want some safety help because the, the Packers literally just said, We'll see what happens at this position like last year. Let's just see how yeah. it goes, which is fine because that was kind of their mentality for the whole season. They're like, we're super young. You know, we're kind of, our cap is locked up anyway. So let's yeah. just see what happens. And now that things are going to be a little bit more flexible, you know, we'll, we'll see some moves and it'll be definitely better in 2025. But yeah, no, man, I just want a safety really bad. And then depending on what happens with Dylan, probably just getting another yeah. running back just to, you know, back up Jones for however long. Yeah, he's I, hmm. I'm going to start doing some safety research for you and sending you guys like, hey, I got my eye on this guy. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> the Packers need a dog on defense. They need like, they, they need like a honey, like a, what Honey Badger was. You know what I mean? Like they need somebody that can be that life. Like Buda Baker for the Cardinals. Cardinals suck. Buda yeah. Baker is a dog. I mean, you have to know where he is at all times. Like, I think defenses that have really really good safeties can reach a level that other defenses can't like yeah you can get a lockdown corner but like sure. a safety is gonna roam the vikings defense for so long was considered good mainly because harrison smith is a problem he's hard to deal with just in the backfield he's just like i'm gonna yeah, come like, i can cover yeah. deep i can get in the backfield you don't know what i'm gonna do because i can do it all and i think it'd be really it would unlock some other players potential in the defense to have a guy like that that can be a wild card for defense for offenses that have to prepare for him, which is why like it's not safety help. But that's why like I'm so high on Quay Walker because he actually he obviously like had some like you know incidents yeah. that you know grew from what have you like admitted it was like yep just messed up it is it is. But the way that other players talk about yeah. Quay Walker and they're like oh no he's scary like he's like a big dude and like he's a guy like he's a he's dog a and so. I'm so excited to see Quay Walker now, like with Halfley and like, and let's see what he can do there because you know, they, he's a first yeah. round pick and like, he's been playing really, really well. And I'm just like excited to see, you know, where that, year three, that ceiling right, is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see him too. And I think also 
having a safety that can come down and play coverage and like unlock him to blitz and be a guy that'd be exciting to see in the run defense like brian branch i'm just saying i'm just i really (laughs) wanted brian branch really really wanted brian branch I, we got Jaden Reed, and that one yeah, that Jaden Reed out, is so. also a dog. The Packers, man, a lot yeah. of exciting things to look forward to. Look, the last thing that I want to leave you with, it kind of went over the internet that you beat me in Madden. <laughs> People are what talking it about it. What did it feel like? What did it feel like? Tell Ben Kurt, like, tell me I didn't I didn't call you my did, shot, dude. though. You did. Like, I'm literally standing like Kurt and I are having a full-blown conversation. I was like, dude, like, I'm not good at Madden. Like, I'm okay with that. I'm very confident in my like myself that I could be like, no, it's just I'm not great at it. And Kurt literally makes like Madden content for a living. So I was like, there's a there's a there's a pretty big gap. It's sizable too, uh, of where our, our skill level's at. And like you won the coin toss, and I was like, Well, this is not gonna go well, like at all. And I was like, all right, if I score, like somehow so I'm running away. Like I'm I'm gonna run away. And you you ran it first with Aaron Jones to the left, and you're like, I'm doing something the Packers never do, feeding Aaron Jones. <laughs> and then you just threw it to double And then I coverage. ripped it downfield trying to make a play. I pick it, and I just go, I'm going to call one play, because I just like, this is play. I, I know it's a stick and nod. Like, yeah. I know exactly. I was like, and let's just see what happened. I had guys open, like, down the sideline, but I was like, nope, I'm going to try to feed it to Romeo. Got it. Score. Dude, everyone off. was open. Took off running. Smart. Dude, it was just... I, cause that's happened before. Like when I've played bad in players who are significantly better than me, like I'll score and then I'll be like, gotta get out. Like, mm. that's it. That, that, that's good. Like you're going to kick my ass now. Like you're going to destroy me. That's fine. I got one. I you got one. So the fact that I got one and it was on camera and I got to run away, I was like, I think yep. this is the very Can't last time that I can blame Joe Barry. We were both playing as the Packers <laughs> and we just, for some reason, didn't have a guy in the right zone. Couldn't couldn't tell you why. Don't even know what was happening, but you did it, man. You beat me, and I'm 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 really proud about that. Six nothing, and then I ran away. (laughs) And he's like, he's not gonna let me come back. Nope, nope. That's it. So, dude, it was just it was so much fun. It was just so funny because it's like the perfect. Because that's how you and I also met. Was me playing Madden, and I I put you in as QB, and just had you just like launch it and get an insane touchdown, and you were in the chat. And that just people were going nuts. And I was like, it was okay. amazing. And that, that sparked it was, it was full so. circle. And you did it in front of the Madden bus and ended my yes. day. So it was just, <laughs> I rise with Tom Grassi and I fell with Tom Grassi. <laughs> I got to retire now. I got to go. I, love, it. I love right. it so much. Well, thank you so much for coming through, dude. It was great to catch up and have yeah, you on like, the flip side of what I feel like I'm normally in the chair and you're in the chair now. And yeah. it was cool to, to hear some of your perspective and insight and like, I don't know what you have planned for this year. I don't know if you even know what you have planned for this year yet, but I always feel like you come up with something and I'm sure that there's going to be something fun this year to follow along with outside of your normal content. So it's so interesting because 30 and 30 was such a break from the norm mm-hmm. of like what I, cause like I make football videos in my basement. Right. And like, I did that. And the first question was like, so when are you doing that again? Hmm. And I was like, man, like, Never. first of all, I don't have 50 grand yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, to do that. One, but two, it's like, I physically can't do that again, like every single year, but it is like forced me to like, one, I loved it Two, It went so well. 
it's forced me to think like outside mm-hmm. the box and now i have like the next three years lined oh. up of things like insane things i want well do. Wow. so yeah like the first one will be it's kind of been announced but like i'll give the formal announcement like during the draft and stuff might go pay a visit to some international fans because you know maybe i love some that too. dude but yeah dude like it it really showed like you said just how awesome this sport can be how awesome it is to bring fan bases together and just show that you could also just do like insane chaotic good with it too I love so that. well you're the king of chaotic good and we appreciate you coming through spending some time with us and we'd love to have you back another time obviously and yeah. a super friend of the show now so we appreciate it man enjoy the rest of your day and until next time appreciate you